people who are looking to level up your loot. I'm Tanya Tate and this is MILF's Making Money. On today's show, when you want to make a change, just do it. And today's guest is fellow Brit and award-winning performer Samantha Bentley. How does she balance being a parent and making cash? And how is she providing sex, dating and relationship advice with her new Project Freya? So let's talk about making a change. You know, what is it that you've got that you want to make a change about? People think, oh, I want to do this and I want to do that and I want to make this happen. What are you doing about it? Have you got something in your life that you want to change? Is it something about the way you look, something about the way your fitness, your health, your lifestyle, where you're living? There's a lot of things that you can do that you can change. I'm going to tell you, stop complaining. Stop thinking about, oh, woe is me. Stop it. you got to look for solutions. What is it that I wanted to change about myself? I mean, there's always so many things that you want to change, but what is it that you've got there that's right at the top of your list? Now, for me, I've been suffering from some issues, some inflammation issues in my body, chronic Lyme disease, chronic fatigue, a lot of inflammation in my body. I've done everything that the doctors have been saying, been taking the different medications. Every three months going for my checkup, I've got the inflammation, it's making my muscles ache. Wow, just keeps going on and on, doesn't it? But you know, you've got to do something. You've got to stop complaining. You've got to stop thinking, why isn't this getting better? It's about you. And you're the person that can make a change. But what is it that's stopping you? Why, why are you not making the change? Sometimes it's procrastination. But if you just keep thinking about it, have you ever done that where you keep thinking, oh, I've got this on my mind, I've got this on my mind, I know that I've got to do that, I know I've got to do something about this. If you keep thinking about it, think about all that energy that you're using by rethinking about the problem, rethinking, think about the way your body reacts to when you think that you've got to do something. I know I need to make the change, but every time I think about it, it's like taking energy, it's feeling that stress inside me. You have got to come up with the solution. And for me, that inflammation in my body, it's what you're putting in, what you put into your body. Your body's it needs to be fueled. And for me, I'm fueling the inflammation. So guess what? I've been researching my diet. I'm going to change my diet. I've already started changing. How did I decide to make that change? Well, first of all, you're going to make any change. You've got to decide what is the change that you're going to do. Get it written down. Get it so it's there right in the forefront of your mind. And then how are you going to change it? Research. For me, it's like asking others who are skilled or knowledgeable. Trusted people, trusted sources, people that already have success in this area. For me, athletes, doctors, these are the people that I'm going to turn to when it comes to thinking about the inflammation in my body. We all know that athletes, you know, they fuel their body. Doctors, got to get the right kind of doctor. You know, again, it's someone who is skilled or who has success in this area. So personally for me, I reached out I do have quite a few athletes as friends. Some of those athletes include wrestlers, Diamond Dallas Page and his beautiful girlfriend, Paige McMahon. And I reached out to them and I was like, look, I know that you guys do really healthy eating. I've got to sort this out. 
So I reached out to DDP, Diamond Dallas Page, the doctor that treated me for my Lyme disease. He's the perfect doctor. I did some research. I put it all to him. We fine-tuned it. And then actually I went in to see my breast surgeon because we're planning to get that small unhealed wound on my breast from my breast surgery a couple of months ago. He's going to be taking me in to sew that up. And I was talking to him about, you know, this isn't healing. And he, and we talked about the Lyme disease. And he said, well, you know, it could be a delay from that. And I started telling him, you know, about the inflammation. Turns out my breast surgeon, he's not just a breast surgeon. He's a very, very skilled surgeon. He had an issue where he had a 25% blockage in his arteries. And he was at very high risk with his heart. He had to change his diet. Somebody who's a, do- who's a doctor, who's skilled, that's got personal success in this area. I got the information from these people. You know, talk to the right people. Find the right places online. So if you're going to do that, you're going to make the change. You're going to put it an action plan together. How are you going to make that change? What info are you going to use? How are you going to put your plan into action? You know, for me, it's finding out the foods that I understood cause inflammation. It was reducing those foods. A lot of things that I'm trying to take out my diet to take it all out to then slowly bring it back in. That's a solution I've come up with. What is your action plan? What is your issue? You've done your research. Write it down. What are you going to do to put it into action? You know, you've got that information. You're the person there that can make that change. You know, for me, what's important is just making the change. You know, everyone's different and we've all got something holding us back. But you have to find the courage to make that commitment to yourself. You know, maybe it's like me to eat better. If you want to go to the gym, you want to change your diet. Maybe you want to do things such as small things like use an air fryer instead of a deep fat fryer. You have to find the courage, the tenacity. Get that energy to do it. It's in everyone to make a change well you know let's face facts it's not going to be an easy skip in the park you're not just going to go out there and be like well hey here i am i'm ready it's going to take time and commitment for me i've started doing it there's a lot of things i've cut out oh goodness dairy gluten sugar (laughs) yes it's it's when you start doing that it's you know more vegan-based, plant-based foods. There are challenges. Have you ever gone in a shop and picked up different products and looked in it? Think, oh, this sounds great. Sugar. Oh, this sounds great. Gluten. Oh, this sounds great. Eggs. And you're like, this is not so easy. Oh, those cookies look so delicious. Oh, I, I mean, I have white chocolate chip macadamia cookies. I could go asleep and dream about them. They are so amazing. And I was there just watching these hot cookies be made in my kitchen the other day. Ozzy, my little man, he was making some Halloween cookies and there he is and they come out the oven and they smelled so nice and they had like little sprinkles on and they had milk chocolate chips in it. Oh, so guess what? Did I have one? Yes. I had one. They've got everything in it that I'm not supposed to have for the inflammation. But you know what? I had to break it. I had to break, oh God, my diet, my healthy eating, my anti-inflammation eating because it smelled so nice. That's how you're breaking down, isn't it? (laughs) I'm doing so well. I'm doing so well. I'm doing so well on the way to the chain. Damn it, that cookie. Give it to me. I want to eat it. Stuck it in my mouth. Took a big bite chewing away and I went it wasn't that good after all it wasn't worth breaking that diet but challenges are put in our path it's not easy to make the changes is that sugar cookie just sitting there staring at you going eat me eat me eat me I know you can't eat the sugar but just eat me I did it oh I just wanted to prove to myself that cookies weren't that good. See the way I've made that? It wasn't about, oh no, I've broke, I've broke my diet. Damn it, I've, I've lost. It was, well, I was just testing myself. I was giving myself a little bit of slack to be like, yeah, is that cookie okay? No, it's not. It's not that tasty. You can give yourself a little, <laughs> a little cheat. But you know what? Remember, 
when you broke up, that first time that you broke up with like your first boyfriend or girlfriend, and like the few months after, it really sucks. It's so hard. It's like, oh, but then after that, it just becomes easier. But you know what? Things may feel hard when you're first going through something, when you're first making the change, when you're first doing the challenge, you get commitment and suddenly it becomes so easy. It's just like when we learn to walk, when we learn to ride that bike, you know, you just get up and you might fall off the bike. You just get up and you just go, oh yeah, I'm back on it again. Making changes can be easy. Focus, put your mind to it, put your commitment to it. Put that energy, put that energy into the right place, into the right focus. What do you want to do? What change do you want to do? Is it something to do with your diet like me, anti-inflammation? Let's see how we're getting on. I can't have all those cups of PG tips every single day. I've cut it down. I'm just having one cup of PG tips in the morning with, of course, the dairy-free milk. And the rest of the day, I've changed it to green tea, organic green tea. The first few days, it was really hard. I was like, where's my caffeine? Where's my caffeine? Where's my PG tips? But after that, it was like, oh, it's not so bad. And now it's like, oh, I'll have a cup of tea. Maybe soon I won't have that caffeine in the morning. Caffeine, it probably messes around with the inflammation in my body. But you know what? What is it that you want to do? You want to lose weight? Change your diet. You want to get fit? Make a fitness plan. Embrace that change envisage the outcome picture yourself in your mind where you want to be find that courage that tenacity that energy inside and just do it coming up next on milfs making money myself and my guest fellow british adult performer samantha bentley are discussing balancing being a parent and making cash and how she is providing sex dating and relationship advice with her new project freya You are listening to Tanya T Presents Mills Making Money podcast. And we are talking about balance and being a parent whilst making cash. How is this possible? Where do you go for advice about sex, dating, and relationships? Today's guest is a penthouse pet, multiple AVN award winner, three times UK performer of the year, and also featured in seasons four and five of Game of Thrones. Welcome fellow Brit and fellow mum, Samantha Bentley. Hello, thank you Hello. so much. Oh, well, um, <laughs> I always feel a little bit like embarrassed when the list is reeled off. I'm like, yeah, I did do all those things. Yeah. Am I bragging? <laughs> well, you know, when we do an introduction, I think, you know, it's kind of like getting it out there. You know, these are some of the, the big achievements that you've achieved, Samantha Bentley. So get it out there. Let everyone know. Do you know what? I used to think... You know, if you're in a conversation with someone and I'll be like, yeah, yeah, I've done that. I've done that. I'm like, how many people think I'm talking shit when I'm just making stuff? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I'm like, oh, yeah, Game of Thrones? I've been in two seasons of Game of Thrones. Because <laughs> it does yeah, kind yeah. of sound like if they're like, oh, yeah, you know Penthouse magazine? I'm like, yeah, I've been a Penthouse pet. And people are like, why have you done all this stuff? Yeah. You're like, yeah, I've been, I've been in Penthouse pets as well. I've never been in Game of Thrones. Oh, actually, <laughs> I tell a lie. I was Cersei Lannister in Game of Bones. Well, no, that counts. It counts. It counts. Just not quite <laughs> mainstream TV. Well, Samantha Bentley, here's your chance. Tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into the adult industry. So, and I, I think this is not an uncommon thing to say, but it wasn't completely on purpose that I started doing porn. So... I was at university at London College of Fashion studying women's wear, which I hated passionately. And I think it wasn't that I hated the subject. It was just that I'd been at school for a thousand years and then I went straight into university. And I was like, when is when are people going to stop making me learn things? Anyway, I started stripping. I worked four nights a week from 8 p.m. till 4 a.m. whilst also trying to do university and it was pretty intense. And I realized that actually I really like taking my clothes off for money and it's really easy to do that when you're like quite a hot girl. And I know it's like, it's probably not the best thing to to say these days, to say to girls, oh, use your looks to make money because I think that's kind of frowned on now. We're trying to move beyond that. But my God, use it if you've if, if you want to use your 
your bum and your boobs to make money, do it. It's brilliant. Do you know what, though? It's like, Samantha, it's, it's exactly right what you put there. You know, people are like, oh, you shouldn't be doing this or you shouldn't be doing that. Well, how about, you know, I feel really confident in my body and I feel very comfortable taking my clothes off. And if I want to make that choice to take my clothes off to make cash, whether it's through stripping, whether it's through, you know, being on camera somewhere, making a movie, doing a webcam, you know, do, making a, 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 some content for another person who wants to purchase it. Why not do it? I feel like the people that have a problem with it are generally either the people that consume it and then feel guilty afterwards, or they are the people that wish that they kind of had the balls to do it themselves. You know, my other half always says, uh, I remember when I when I first started an OnlyFans account, I know we're skipping forward and I will go back, but I said, do you mind? And he was like, do you know what? I wish I could get my tits out and make that amount of money sitting in, in a room upstairs in my house. <laughs> He was just like, if it means we get to go on nicer holidays, you go for it. But yeah, so I I was stripping when I was at university and a photographer came in, you know, as they do. I feel like this is a really cliche story, but he came into the strip club and he was like, hey, have you ever thought about glam modeling? I don't know why he's got an American accent because we were in London and he definitely (laughs) wasn't American. He was probably more like, oh, have you ever thought about glam modeling? Because you got right nice boobs. So I went and did a shoot with this quite dodgy guy. And that kind of led to a couple of other shoots for, you know, the sun and the star and your usual kind of tabloid topless. So so these are like mainstream newspapers in the UK um, because they don't really have this in America. You don't really go to your shop and then, or the store as they call it. You don't really go to the store, pick up your newspaper, turn to page three. And on page three, there's a girl with a whoppers out, you know? <laughs> a tiny but you know that actually you don't do it in the UK anymore because there was one solitary woman that started an entire campaign against it and now there is no boobs in the tabloids because of this one woman she started a big oh. old thing against page three so anyway it's a thing of the past my boobs are eternally grateful to being published on those pages because it led me into where I am now and it, I think it was just kind of, it's that thing where people are like, oh, you, you get your boobs out, so why don't you get your fanny out as well? And, oh, it's for Americans, so fanny is a vagina. But then I was like, well, why not? Uh, and then you do that, and then people are like, well, why don't you do open leg? Because, you know, it's basically the same thing. So I thought, yeah, you know what? So I did the kind of the top shelf magazines. So in the UK, things like Men Only and Mayfair, which I guess is similar to... Like Penthouse, really. Yeah, Penthouse. And penthouse what, do you, what else do you have? And, and Cherry and Fox you have over there, don't you? Yeah, well, I, we have had them. I don't know. I, do you know what? I, I don't know if they're still around. Yeah. yeah. Hustler and Penthouse are still around. I don't know about those other two. I think loads of them have gone. But I did manage to get in those ones as well. But yeah, so I started doing that. And I remember a guy that I was really good friends with at the time. He was like, so you're doing porn? And I was like, I'm not doing porn. I'm literally just being naked. And he was like, you pussies out, you're doing porn. And I was like, no, I'm not taking dick. Like, porn is taking dick. Anyway, I was really angry. I was really angry that he'd, like, said that I was doing porn. I was like, how dare you? I would never do that. Like, I would never do porn. And then uh, somebody said, would you like to go to Budapest and shoot a girl-girl scene? It's just with girls. There's no guys. And I was like, well, that's not really porn. (laughs) So I was like, (laughs) I'll do that. I think before then I'd done like a couple of little videos, but I was like, well, I'll never do toys. I'll never do toys. And then obviously I did toys. Um, but I was like, that's not porn because I'm. it's just me. And then like it wasn't porn because it was, it was just girls. And then I remember, do you know that? You remember that site Free Ones where they list all the... Oh, Free Ones, yes. Yeah, they it's list a, all the free links. Yeah. It's basically like a, an index of anyone that's ever do- taken their clothes off on the internet. And, then just and they link. include like every single link that they can yeah. find that that person, yes, well, that performer's ever done. Well, you can see them for free, essentially. So I remember finding this link and it was like, porn performer, Samantha Bentley. And I was like, how dare they? I do not do porn. Like, I have, I do not do porn. Like, I was so angry. And then um, Harmony Films approached me and they were like, would you like to do this girl, girl scene? And you know how persuasive I think you've worked with Gazman before. Oh, yes. A UK director. True visionary, I have to say. Like, as long as his set days are, his movies are worth it. And he was like, you know, it's with this AVN award winner. It was Brooklyn Lee who just won Best Newcomer at AVN. And it was a three-girl scene. 
And he was like, yeah, it's just a girl-girl scene. So I, I went and I did it. And obviously he managed to talk me into doing anal when I was there. Like <laughs> Just like that. The, these, like- steps, these steps that you're talking about, you know, each step is more of a progressive step. Yeah. And, you, you know, into becoming more of a performer. And, yeah. you, you know, something like the, the steps, you know, like adding different things on where you, you know, you added anal. That's, you know, sometimes people take the time to yeah. do that but obviously you were very persuaded he was just like he was like do you want to do toys and I was like fine he was like do you want to do anal toys and I was like why the hell not like we're here anyway anyway the scene three girl scene with Brooklyn and Ruth Medina went on to win best all girl scene at AVN that year and I was kind of like oh my god like I've won an AVN and AVN is like a really big deal it's like one of the yeah. big you know the big award shows you've got AVN and then you've got you know expos and you've got other ones but AVN is like the Oscars are born yeah I think especially for a UK performer you know now we do have um in AVN they have kind of a lot more foreign categories they have foreign girl girl they have foreign best scene but back then they only had like foreign performer of the year or um best foreign shot sex scene and the scene that I shot won best all girl sex scene so it was in with the American category so it was a big deal for me as a UK performer to win this award and after that Gaz was like well you know what you've got to do next you've got to do boys now yeah you've got to do boys I was like you know what I want to think about it because I just don't think I'm like okay go on then and obviously like it didn't take much persuading and I knew who I wanted to work with and I went and I did the scene and I guess that was that was just kind of it I was like well I do porn now and that was that really big steps into it you become well known you know and you still are well known British performer a porn star and you know I used to direct movies and I've had you in my movie Samantha (laughs) (laughs) I remember um yeah I I you know part of my background is that I've directed as well as being a performer as well as now doing the premium social media platforms Samantha I did a movie Brit School Brats Tanya Tate's Brit School Brats and I come across and I was your auntie Inverted I know people still genuinely believe that we are related in real life <laughs> and like people do still say to me they're like can you take really your aunt and I'm like are you really yes that dense yes. that is yes. genuinely illegal what we would have done if she was at, like it's, it's I just crazy. say yes I always say yes and play with them you know play with the mind and then they're sitting there and like scratching the head just so you know me and Samantha Bentley we did make movies we are not blood related just in case anyone's related. listening to this podcast and being like wow they had a movie no. together and their auntie and nephew auntie, auntie and well, nephew yeah. auntie and niece well. <laughs> oh my goodness I'm like boys girls <laughs> I think the thing is like it was it was so funny it was because do you know where it came from though it was the first movie I ever shot for you was actually in America it was the Tanya Tates Tia and Muffet and I was your niece in that script because I was the only yes. other British person in the movie so you were like well you're English we're basically all related in England anyway <laughs> I made you I, it was Tanya Tates Tia and Tea and crumpets or tea and muffins. Tea and muffins. Yeah. And you, you, you was, we, we played it, you know, I wrote the script so that you was like the niece that come over and, you know, whatever happened in that movie. <laughs> I can't remember, it was so long ago. That was like my first trip to America. Um, but I think it, it's like that whole thing where everyone goes, oh, you're from America. Do you, you're from England. Do you know my friend in Germany? Yeah. And it's like, how big do you think Europe is? How many people they, they, do you live here? 20? So there you are. You're thrust into it. Now you're starting to win nominations. And from the nominations, you're actually winning awards. You know, UK Performer of the Year. You've got your AVNs under your belt. You're moving along. You, you're a big name. You, you know, you're making lots of movies. You're making lots of cash. And then suddenly at some point, you've stopped. Yeah, so it wasn't... It was weird. And uh, do you know what? When I, I always said, as we always do, I always said I would never, ever, ever give up a career that I have built and that I love and that I'm really good at for a man. Like I would never do it ever because like this is my life. And then I met Tony, who is my other half. 
who was neither of us were looking for a relationship and we both lied to ourselves about wanting to be together for a very long time I started feeling really weird about going to work like my heart wasn't in it I felt guilty shooting I didn't know why and I hated myself for it and I remember saying to him I was like oh I think I'm gonna stop shooting boy girl and he was like if you are stopping for me, he was like, that is really stupid. And if we stay together, you'll resent me in the long run. He was like, we hardly know each other. So, you know, don't give up for me. And like, really kind of, he was like, I don't care what you do. Like you were doing this when I met you. I'm not going to ask you to stop. I would never, ever, ever do that. And he was just very cool and very supportive. And I think that kind of made it worse because I was like, oh my God, I'm such a horrible person. Like he's so great. And I'm just going and shagging all these people every day. And I was in America We'd known each other for maybe like three or four months and I was like secretly like falling hard and like not admitting it. And I was up for a bunch of awards at AVN and there were two that I really, really, really wanted. One was foreign female performer and the other one was best sex scene for a scene that I shot with Rocco Sofredi, which to date is the best scene I've ever shot. Yeah. And I said to him, if I win one of those two, I was like, I don't give a shit about the other ones, but if I win one of those two... I will retire. And he was just like, no, don't be stupid. Don't be stupid. Anyway, the Rocco scene won, which it should have because it was amazing. And I basically was like, well, I'm done. Like, I know I will never shoot a scene as good as that ever again. So what's the fucking point? It's like you're there, you're at the top. You know, Rocco Sofredi, he is, people that are not in the industry that have probably don't really know much about porn probably have heard of Rocco Sofredi. You know, yeah. he's a very well-known... Is he is he Italian? He's Italian? He's Italian. Yeah. He's absolutely I, legendary. I've shot with Rocco Sofredi in, early on in my days. Not one of my favourite scenes. <laughs> <laughs> I think you definitely have to be a certain type of person to enjoy his kind of sex. And that kind of person is someone that is so submissive. You are just going to be like, okay, Rocco, here's my body. Do what you will. And See, like, that's that's the difference is that I'm quite in control of my body. I like to be yeah. in control. I'm quite more of a dominant kind of performer. You definitely are. Yeah, and I, I was like, okay, I'll do it. I've been there, done that with Rocky Sofredi. I don't want to go back. Samantha's like, yes, yes, yes. Oh, my God. So, I was like off camera, on camera, like do whatever you want. Like ruin me. But yeah, so that scene was the best scene I've ever shot. And I just knew like my heart just wasn't really in it anymore. Um, But I was... <laughs> in America off the back of a best sex scene win at AVN and fully booked for the next three months. I mean, every single day, I did not have a day off looking at my schedule. Like I remember coming back from AVN and feeling sick, looking at my schedule and knowing like, I have to make this call. So I called my agent and I was like, hey, so I'm gonna go home. And he was like, oh, do you, he was like, you need a little break. That's fine. He was like, I can cancel tomorrow if you want, have a little break. And I was like, no, I'm going home to England. And he was just like, what? And I was like, yeah, I'm going, I'm going and I'm not coming back. And like, I was just like, I'm really, really sorry, but like, I'm done. Like, I don't want to shoot boy girl anymore. And I was just like, and I'm not going to do it because I'm booked, like, I'm not gonna go and put myself through that because my scenes have always been authentic. My scenes have always been good and I'm not gonna go and shoot a bunch of bullshit scenes and leave the industry with like a bad reputation. Like I'm just not doing it. Although I probably do have one because I canceled loads of shit. So anyway, I flew home the day after Tony's birthday and yeah, I never shot another boy girl scene again after that. But I did keep doing girl girl for a good few years. So that was... 2015 so basically I was in talks with Evil Angel at the time about writing a feature with John Stagliano and Misha Cross and writing this movie together and I was kind of like where does that leave me with this because I've just said that I don't want to do boy girl anymore and John Stagliano who is one of my favorite people in porn was so understanding and so we changed the whole premise of the movie so it was just girl girl and we shot this two-part feature for Evil Angel which me and Misha wrote with John and we did the music for it was like this amazing like all girl love story it was really really good it also got nominated and won a a million AVNs and Xbiz Awards. And I was kind of like, okay, I can do this. I can do this girl, girl thing, which I did. And alongside tried to kind of start a music career as well. 
and was DJing for a little bit and like producing music. And I actually produced music for a bunch of porn movies too. So I did pretty much all of Misha Cross's movies for Evil Angel I did the music for. And then in 2018, at the beginning of 2018, I was in Barcelona and I was shooting a scene for Evil Angel with Misha which was a really good scene and was actually the last AVN I was ever nominated for. That ended up being my last ever scene because when I got home, I found out I was pregnant. And I was like, (laughs) okay, no more porn. I'm mummy now. And so there's your transition. You know, you've gone into the industry, you've built it up, you've made your mark, you've got your nominations, got your awards, you know, you're really making a presence, you're moving into other areas as in you know you started directing writing with the music producing the music and then you know I I love that it's a progression you know you go in and you find your skills and you're using your skills and so now you've got you're pregnant and you're like oh no exactly I think as well a lot of people think you come into this industry and then you're kind of thrown away and you're garbage and then you're not worth anything and you're dumb and you just don't have any other skills and it's like actually if you play this industry right you can pick up a lot of skills and there are a lot of outlets for those skills that aren't just fucking on camera so if you don't want to fuck on camera there are other things that you can do and there are ways to build up a cv of skills that actually could translate into other jobs as well outside of the industry which was my whole thing anyway because I was like I'm not going to be fucking on camera for my entire life I'm just not going to do it it is that thing isn't it where you get the skills and they are transferable skills yeah you know and there's also as well you know some of the things that you did you know you you were pregnant and I, I can remember I can remember you being pregnant and being online on social media was you doing yoga while she was pregnant it was really weird actually because I was kind of in this thing where I was doing just the girl girl porn but I I kind of subconsciously knew that I wouldn't be performing forever so I was looking for all these other outlets like the music and at the time I thought you know what I'm making good money at the moment so I'm going to invest it back into myself so I did some yoga teacher training so I did my 200 hour yoga teacher training and I did a Pilates teacher training course and I also by some stroke of uh, luck did a pre and postnatal teacher training course as well I also did like first aid and all this stuff so that I just have this kind of package if everything ever went to shit and I I had nothing else at least I had this kind of fallback and then when I got pregnant I was like, okay, well, I can't shoot because I'm pregnant. Although I did keep doing like Babe Station, which is the channels for everyone in America. I don't think we have them. You have them over there, but it's, they're like TV channels where you can phone a girl and the girl's in her lingerie and she'll basically have phone sex with you. But I kept doing that until I was five months pregnant kind of trying to hide my bum. I was going to say, I bet you it was like really tiny and you're just like a little negligee, like a little baby doll dress. I lived, I I was I was very small. I think I didn't show until I was like just past six months. I just looked like I'd maybe in a, a bit of a big dinner. <laughs> <laughs> and then like once I started properly showing, I was like, okay, like I don't, I feel weird about it now. Like I feel weird about doing anything. So so like the bit just just to clarify, the Babe Station, it would be like they have like HBO Max and stuff like that over here. So yeah. you know you could you could sit there in the UK and flick your TV channels of a night, and then you come across these stations where the girls are literally just sitting on the bed dressed in sexually clad lingerie shaking a phone go as if to say come and call me and you know the guys can call phone shakers like you're on the phone shaking channel like the phone shaking channel we used to basically have a headset on so you could talk to them and kind of do like sexy things but you'd shake your phone at the screen so they can't hear what you're saying on the screen it's just got like this music that's like like old supermarket music when you yeah. used to go around the supermarket like it's supposed to be erotic but it's really not and um you can just kind of see us like talking but you can't hear what we're saying we're just shaking the phone muted like call us Call us yeah. and give us your money. I did some of them. I think I did some Babe Station and I also did Studio 66. Oh, Studio, me too. Yeah. I feel like people go between the two. I, I like get pissed off with one and then go to the other one and then go back when that one pisses you <laughs> off and be like, oh my God, I'll never go back to that channel. And then then obviously like I was kind of teaching yoga in between and hoping to God that like 
someone wouldn't come to one of my classes and recognize me because like I just was like it'd be a disaster it's kind of a thought though isn't it you know when you're there and you're thinking are these people gonna come and recognize me like I do different things that are outside of my work and I always hope I hope no one recognizes me and then I think well if they did recognize me well what are you doing sitting there watching Mm -hmm. what are you doing watching or viewing so that you know that that's me this is the thing as well so I had it I have I've had it twice I had it once with a guy who very knowingly had tracked me down it was really creepy I actually like I had to get the police involved it was really really scary and he knew who I was and he like made a big thing at one of my classes of being like when are you gonna do porn again like really loudly in front of other students and like them followed like tried to follow me home and like I had to like call kind of scary yeah it was horrible Um, so I had to call the police and like also like I, it turned out that he actually lived a few streets away from me so when I was pregnant I used to sometimes see him around the area it was really really creepy luckily we don't live there anymore there was another another where a guy was like I I feel like we've met before and I was like we've never met and he was like no you really really familiar to me you're really familiar and I was like yeah yeah I get that a lot and he was like no no I know your face and I was like just my face and he was like what and I was like just my face you know just my face and like he had to think about it and then like at the end of the class he was like worked out where I know you from and he never came back to the to a class he's ever embarrassed. again yeah <laughs> he's embarrassed like, of being found out he's been watching you either on the tv or on the, the movies yeah and, like I always find it quite funny because like it's not like I have had some people that have been like I really know you like I know you I really know you and I'm like you don't it's going to be funny when you realize. <laughs> yeah. You do, you think, oh, and I just, I've had that before and I go, oh, I've just got one of those faces. But it's not just one of those faces. It's one of those faces that they've seen and they're trying to place it. I think as long as they're respectful, you know, yeah. there's a, there's a, you know, for any like adult performer, porn star, content creator, it, you know, if you're listening now and you was to meet someone, I think as long as you were respectful and you have to be like 100%. really mindful you know some people don't use their well let's just say most people don't use their real name when they are coming up with a porn performer name so if you're shouting tanya tate across the middle of the supermarket and i'm there i'm there with my mother yeah it's 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 kind of disrespectful i think like that is that is one of the things that so like my partner is a musician who also used to get recognized quite a lot. And I always used to say like the difference, see a difference in like how we were recognized. So if he was recognized, it would generally be someone would come up to him and be like, oh my God, Tony man, like, I love your music. Like, can I get a picture with you? Oh, respect man, like you're so cool. And then just leave and like, that would be it. And if someone recognized me, it would be like a lot of creepy staring, a lot of creepy staring. And then like kind of muttering my stage name under their breath to kind of see if I reacted to it. And like, just a little bit weird, like we had someone come up to us once in Tesco's where I used to live, like this was, I think 2016. And like, I, he, he like circled the same aisle that we were in for ages. And I was like to Tony, I was like, guys making me really uncomfortable. And then he went past and he went, Miss Bentley, love your work. And then just like, moved on and I was like- <laughs> He wanted to say that to you, but he's probably finding the courage. And I, and I was like, okay, like, Fair enough, but also I was like, just, you know, and this is for anyone that does ever spot, like, a porn star in the wild. If you do, okay, a couple of things. One, we, a lot of us look very different without makeup on. So just make sure it's actually us, right? Make sure it's actually us. Because the last thing you want to do is go up to a random person and be like, yeah, I loved that scene when you were being DP'd. The the difference, like there are a lot of people I've not recognised people without the makeup on. Oh, yeah. But for me and you, Samantha, we we actually look quite similar for for us. But there are girls where I wouldn't recognise them without the same. makeup on. I'd have to look and be like, is that hundred percent same? I think as as if you do want to say hi to a porn performer, it's fine. But like gauge the situation. Like if I'm out with my child, not appropriate. If I'm out with my parents, not appropriate. If I'm on my own, probably not appropriate either because like can come across a bit predatory. Unless we're like in a really public space and you just want to say hi. But like, yeah, just just be aware because I think it's very different for us as porn performers because 
it's different than like if you're if you're going up to a musician and being like I love your music like coming up to us and being like I love your work we're gonna be like okay cool don't touch me with your hand no I'm joking (laughs) (laughs) oh my goodness so so you you got your other skills I love that you invested back in yourself you know you was making your cash from your performing you reinvested that back in yourselves in education got yourself you you know your different qualifications for your yoga and you also um did aerial with the silks and the hoops yeah so I I'd done that quite a lot like when I was at school um studied and trained a little bit at aircraft circus and national circus in London which are two like really big circus centers um and then when I did the yoga teacher training that um an aerial yoga teacher training course came up and I just thought well I'm going to do that as well and then I started working just before I got pregnant actually at a studio in Camden teaching aerial which was to this day one of the best jobs I've ever had like I loved it so much it was the most fulfilling job I've ever had and then obviously I got pregnant which made it very hard because when you're spinning and upside down and pregnant it's not the best combination because like I had morning sickness from week six all the way through to when I gave birth so it just didn't work and then um sadly after I uh, had my little boy they'd already kind of replaced all of my classes and then when I was ready to come back the studio actually closed because of the pandemic that left you with another decision what to do you know this yeah. ch- you've got you've now got a child a child you, yeah. you, your little boy is being born you're looking after him you're doing all your mum stuff and at some point you're like actually I want to get back to doing 100%. some kinds of work you you know I think it's like when I was pregnant I was like six weeks postpartum I'm going to be back teaching because like you know you you think uh, logistically when you're pregnant you don't think emotionally and then the baby is born and you're like I don't want to be away from you ever in my whole life ever so I just kind of was like okay maybe not six weeks although I did actually go back to teaching at six weeks but I was teaching parent and baby yoga so I could bring him with me and then I started teaching at some other studios that were okay with me having him in the sling while I was teaching other yoga classes which was pretty good and then I went back and I taught some aerial six weeks postpartum which was the stupidest thing I've ever done and ended up in hospital because oh wow yeah I did some damage because basically I went when you've had a baby for anyone that doesn't know when you have a six-week check where basically the doctor says, you're all good down there. And I said, well, can I go back to doing exercise? And they were like, yeah, yeah. But I think they thought I meant like, you know, a couple of little... Like yoga. Yeah, some exercise. And I was like, cool, I'm going to go and do four hours of aerial. And yeah, it wasn't good. And I really pushed myself too hard and I ended up back in... I ended up in hospital. So that's a little lesson to anyone that feels like that's a good idea because it's not. But yeah, I thought, you know what? I'm From then I was like, I'm only going to do things where I can bring my little boy so I was doing the mummy and baby yoga and I was doing like the classes where I could have him in the sling or like if he was asleep in the buggy (laughs) ha 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 that never happened babies never sleep on demand when you need them to they sleep on their schedule (laughs) and he was also a total I mean he still is and he's three he was a total koala kid like a velcro baby so he wouldn't sleep in his pram anyway he had to be in the sling so I was like very quickly had to adapt and learn how to teach and do yoga with this small human attached to me and generally breastfeeding while I was um teaching as well kind of getting back into the throw of things you know and then we moved out of London just before the pandemic and when we moved I was a bit like well, I just built up this big rapport with all these studios and I was just getting back to properly teaching and now I'm going to have to start all over again. And then the pandemic happened, which kind of actually worked in my favor because every single studio that I was teaching at then moved online. So actually, I never had to leave any of the studios. So I still worked for them remotely throughout the pandemic in this room. And then behind me, I actually have studio lights, which I bought because I was like, do you know what, if I'm going to be teaching online, I want it to look good. So I bought some little studio lights <laughs> to make it all professional. So so it, this is like, you're a mother now, you've got challenges, you know, yeah. we're into the pandemic. You you still want to be able to work with your baby. Yeah. You found the skills, you know, and you, you're doing your, everything online. Now you've got your lights. So it's, it's again, it's an investment in yourself. It's yeah. getting you, yourself a little mini studio set up. Yeah, 
one of the things that I've learned being self-employed and like doing porn, money is forever a hustle. Like I've never been in a job where like, I'm like, okay, every month I'm making this amount of money and that's just a done deal. Like I've never had that. So it's kind of a constant anxiety, but also quite, it can be quite thrilling. Like I've always had to think a few steps ahead. What if this fails? What have I got next? Yeah. What can I fall back on? Um, what can I do that's kind of like my safety net if I can't do this anymore? And, you know, I do have to think like, for example, with the yoga and the aerial, you know, if I want to have another baby, what do I do then? You know, that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, thank God we did have the yoga actually, because obviously my partner is a touring musician who didn't work for two years because of the good old Panny D so if I wasn't teaching online, we would have been in a lot of trouble. So yeah, it was kind of like, I'm always thinking, how can I make money? And also it's like, how can I survive? But also I don't just want to survive. Like I want my kid to have nice things, you know? So how can I make that much money? You, you want to make a good amount, but you also need to have a plan. So, you know, yeah. it's it's doing what, using your skills that you've got, moving ahead with it and then thinking, well, what is my backup plan? Sure. I think at the same time, you know, I was on OnlyFans before the pandemic and I didn't really use, to, I, I just kind of started using it, um, but yeah. I wasn't using it too much. And then we're thrust into the pandemic. And for me, sitting there you know I use OnlyFans and I use Sex Panther so tell me about OnlyFans where you want it when did you start kind of like really pushing it I have a flat in London which is another one of my uh, ways of making money it had a, a tenant in it so I invest basically all the money that I made doing porn I invested and I bought a flat in London which I did live in initially but then I moved in with Tony we and we have two dogs and then obviously I got pregnant we just needed more space so we rent my we rented my flat out um, and sadly, the tenant, when I wanted to sell it, I just, I could not sh- get her out. Like, it took me three years to get her out. And, wow. and when I did get her out, she'd done like £10,000 worth of damage to the flat. So I just thought, Do you know what? This was, so this was, um, I finally got her out in February this year. And I thought, you know what, I'm just going to pay someone to go in and redo the whole flat, like fix everything, make it nice, put it straight on the market, which I did. It went under offer that day, which is great news, obviously. But I was kind of like, you know, a sale's going to take a long time to come through. And while that happens, I'm still going to be paying the mortgage, the council tax, the service charge, the ground rent, the endless bills that come with this particular flat until the sale goes through. So I was like, it's just not going to cut it on my 10 online yoga classes a week. So I was like, going to have to make an OnlyFans. Like I'd put it off and put it off and put it off. And I basically, I said to uh, Tony, I was like, all I want is a thousand dollars a month. Like if I'm not making that, there's just no point. And then I went on and I realized (laughs) how easy it was to make money, money. And I was like, why didn't I do this sooner? For you, Samantha, you've got an established fan base. Yeah. So people are probably listening and be like, she's saying it's really easy to make money. It is. It can be really easy to make money. Oh, yeah. But you've got, you had your fan base there ready and they were probably so desperate to see you online. And as soon as they found you, they were like, bang, straight in yeah, there. So I should probably reiterate that is obviously had been a successful porn performer for quite a long time that had been retired and I'd kept all my social media. So I still had, I had 500,000 subscribers on Snapchat and like, you know, 70,000 on Twitter and um, 70,000 on Instagram. So I just went straight on and was like, I basically wrote, who thinks I should make an OnlyFans? And like, I got something like 10,000 retweets. So I was like, okay, I'm going to make an OnlyFans. So I did. Like, thank God I did, actually, because the buyers pulled out of my sale uh, two days before exchange and it's still sitting empty now. So it's still costing me wow. all this money. So, so, yeah, that was kind of my thing with OnlyFans. And I am really glad that I made one, actually. So so you got the OnlyFans up and running. You're doing your, you've been doing your online yoga teaching as and when it's it's needed. So, so for you now, that is how you are doing your your income you know yeah so the fans on only fans they can connect with you they can chat with you they can uh-huh. get videos and pictures of you yep customs i'll do video chats i do sexting so i'm and i'm i'm on there pretty much most evenings which is perfect for the u.s time zone 
because <laughs> US is just Eve opening. <laughs> I'm perfect for like work fitting in with being a mum as well because he goes to bed, I get on there. And then basically a friend of mine who was another aerialist said to me, oh, my sister is working on a platform and it's kind of a sustainable adult content platform with sex education built in. And I was wondering if you could chat to her and just give her some advice. So I did, I, I met this, this girl, Maria, who is an absolute genius. She's so clever and she had this amazing team and they're building this platform. And basically I started working with them on this platform, which is, it's a sustainable adult platform, but it, the whole point of, we've got two sides. So we've got the adult platform and we've got the lifestyle and education side, which is Basically, the whole aim is to reduce sexual violence and to improve sex education and to kind of put the power back into the performer's hands, so to speak. We want to educate people about porn. We want to educate people in the industry about the industry and like the things that we actually weren't told as performers, like payment gateways and things like that. We want to educate mothers, um, teens. We want to educate, you know, anyone that feels like their sex education was lacking, which I feel like is everyone, because who really mm -hmm. feels like they had a proper sex education? We wanna, we're talking about the LGBT community. We, um, we're not leaving anyone or anything out. We're covering consent, we're covering fetish, we're covering anything and everything. And also we, we are very open, like if anyone has any suggestions that we've missed out for, for people to kind of say, can you tell us about this as well? We're talking, we, we also have like toolkits and resources. So if you need helplines for sexual abuse or anything like that, we've got all those resources on our site. And basically I started working with her on this platform, which is called Freya. That, so that's kind of been taking quite a lot of my time lately. And that's, that's sort of become my baby as well. And yeah, so that's like my, my new kind of my new project, my new couple of steps ahead, as it were. I, I love this. So this is something called Project Freya. It's something that you're working on. You're, you're part, you're, you're part of, you know, you're one of the founders of it. And I think it's great. I did have a look at it. There is two different parts. You know, you say you got the adult performer part. And so they, if people want to kind of sign up in advance, they can yeah. go on to that website. The sex education and lifestyle side of the site is up at the moment. And the adult content platform the adult entertainment platform will be up hopefully by the end of the year but we do have early sign up for both performers and fans and you can also book a call with us like we are very happy to talk to performers about what we're doing and put kind of a face to the name because I feel like oftentimes when you sign up to platforms it feels very anonymous it feels very like well who is dealing with my money and who do I talk to if this goes wrong and like you know I'm uploading a lot of personal information here so you know we want to make sure that people know who they're talking to and also that they're like you know I am and was a performer for a very long time I know this industry like the back of my hand you know I, I like to think that I'm a trusted face and name in the industry so that kind of seeing that I'm part of it makes people maybe feel a little bit more like okay this is something that we can kind of get on board with not that I'm blowing my own horn a little bit but um you know what I mean it's always well, nice it. when you're looking at something and you're like oh she's part of it okay she's someone that I know that's what I like I think it's great that you've gotten it into this you know the the adult performer platform you know you've you've been there you're doing it on OnlyFans so you know you know some of the things that are needed um, and you are a trusted face and a person and also the education side of things and you are right there there is a lot of lacking in education and you know people don't always know where to go and get it sometimes you can go on and you don't really know like is this very impartial information or is that completely one-sided because sometimes people give you information but they're they're it's not an open honest and I, and I like your platform I've been on to have a little look at Project Freya and I've been on to have a little look and there are a lot of different things on there you know how to do anal safely and it's not just for a performer it's it was for somebody at home it's for everyone so you know we do have stuff that you know performers might find um helpful but we have a lot of stuff for people at home so like I think 
even stuff that I found helpful, like there's one about how to talk to your teens about porn. And it's a subject that I, looking to the future, I'm like always thinking about like, how am I going to talk to my son about this, especially since being in the industry, because I like to think that I'm very open minded, and that I'm going to be like that cool mum that's like, hey, sex is cool. But also like, I want to be careful with how I approach it with him, because I don't want him to be like, you know, like one of those guys that's just like, a dick obviously and he won't be because he is my son but I also like I want to tell him like I want to be honest with him but I don't want that to like ruin my relationship with him so I there's there's toolkits on there that even I found helpful as like a veteran performer and and yeah we are open to any recommendations so if somebody's like I've always wondered about this so when we were building the platform I said in a meeting I was like you know what I always wish there was is more information about sex after you've had a baby like what happens after you've had a baby what happens pregnancy and beyond like why does sex education stop with a penis and a vagina and then you get pregnant what happens afterwards like why is there nothing about that ever why do I have to search why did no one tell me even when I had a baby that this this and this could happen like in the hospital no one told me that so that was one of the things which the whole team who are quite a bit younger than me they were like, oh, we never even thought of that. And it's like, yeah, so actually, you know, if you do see something and you're like, we'd really like to learn about this, then, you know, we're always open for suggestions. We'd love to make it as diverse and as large of a library of information as possible. I, I love that. And where, what is the website, Samantha, what they can go to to look at Project Freya? So it's freya-xo.com and Freya is spelled F-R-E-Y-J-A. I love it. You've, you're there. You know, this is part of being a mom. It's the pro, the progress that we go through life. You know, we are successful, but continuing that success, even when you're a mother, even when you're multitasking to be able to do that and still make the money. And I think it's great. And I'm really super excited for Project Freya for when it's coming out. Oh, thank you. Me too. I'm so excited. So Samantha, where can we find you and follow you online? So I am on Instagram at Original Bad Bentley and on Twitter at The Bad Bentley. And I'm on OnlyFans forward slash The Bad Bentley. And most importantly, I think of everything for me personally is that you'll go and check out Freya. Like that's really, really important. Freya-xo.com and that's Freya spelled F. R-E-Y-J-A. So Freya-X-O.com. Perfect. Thank you so much for your time, Samantha. It's lovely to get you on. And thanks for coming on the MILFs Making Money podcast. Oh, thank you for having me, Tanya. Thank you for all joining me on my MILFs Making Money podcast. Special thank you to my guest, Samantha Bentley. And I have been asking every episode, if you want a question you want me to answer, then just ask me. Joe Moma from Twitter tweeted me with the hashtag AskTanyaTate. He says, simple question with all the current platforms and new ones popping up. How do you keep track of them all? And as a fan, I can only be part of a few platforms. I can't juggle them all. Hashtag Ask Tanya Tate. Well, okay, Joe, you and a whole lot of people out there are probably wondering this as well. You know, there are there are a lot of platforms popping up. There's brand new ones, there's established ones. You know, we've had that OnlyFans, a lot of us are on OnlyFans. For me, I'm on OnlyFans and Sex Panther. A lot of girls might be on OnlyFans. They might have a different platform. They might be on four, five, six, seven platforms. You're right. There are a lot of content creators that are all over the place and it's so hard to keep up. So what I would say to you is this, you know, you are asking specifically if you're a fan and you're a fan of a content creator. I would say the first thing to do is go and follow them on their Twitter Follow them on their Instagram, but it's difficult on Instagram to really tell you the platforms. You know, let's be honest, you can get deleted from Instagram for saying the words OnlyFans because Instagram deem that as solicitation. 
So it's going to be difficult for some girls, some content creators, you know, it's not just girls that are content creators, you know, it's males, it's different people are going to be using different platforms as a content creator. So follow them on their social media, get on their Twitter, because most likely they'll be tweeting, you know, here's this link, here's a new video that I've just sold, here's a clip that I've just sold, and get to look at the ones that they're on. Now, of the ones that they're using, are there any platforms that you're already using that you're familiar with, that you're comfortable with? If there are, go follow them on there, make sure, you know, get on, you know, if it's someone on many vids, if they're on there, if it's someone on clips for sale, go and follow them on those platforms. Are they on a, a Camin site? Make sure you add them all as your favorite on there. Maybe you have to, you know, it's a monthly subscription. You know, choose a couple of them that you might already be familiar with to go and have a poke around and see if you can make them your favorite, see if you can follow them. Now, it's like it's, it is difficult because there are new platforms that are going to pop up. So if you're following a content creator and she says, you know, here's a new platform and I've joined that platform, you've got to decide, well, am I going to jump across that platform or am I going to stay here on the platforms that she's already using? I'm using a she because I'm thinking about myself in my mind. Are you going to stay with that platform? Why have they gone to the other platform? Are they offering something different? Is it exclusive content on the new platform? If it is, are you going to go and join that as well? It depends on your budget. It depends on, you know, what you want. But I would say decide what you need, what you like. Do you like the clips? Do you like the interactions? Do you like sliding in the DMs? Do you like the phone calls? Do you like the video chats? Find the things that you like. Do you like the daily messages, the daily content? Or do you just like to click and just purchase what they've got? Well, you're going to browse on their page today and see what takes your fancy. Depending on what you as the fan like, to be able to receive from that content creator the way that you like to interact. It depends on which platform that you use. And no, you don't have to be on them all. You know, I'm on OnlyFans and Sex Panther and sometimes it gets quite difficult because someone will start a conversation on one platform and then move to the other and try and continue the conversation. Now, I can't keep up. It's difficult if I've got a lot of people that are talking to me and you talk about it on one platform, then you skip across and carry on the conversation. I'm thinking you're a new person, maybe, that's coming onto the new platform. Just make it easy on yourself. If you're having a conversation, stick to the one platform. You know, make sure that you're spoiling her. Make sure that you're playing by the rules. It is hard. It is hard to juggle. If you're going to be following me, two platforms, Sex Panther and OnlyFans. It's my name, sexpanther.com slash Tanya Tate, onlyfans.com slash Tanya Tate. If you're a fan of other content creators as well, follow them on Twitter, see where they're at and decide if you want to go on them. You know, at least follow them and interact with them on one, maybe two. And then if you're feeling generous, you're feeling you want to spread yourself out, then go and do it. But just that support that you give us, the content creator, you as the fan, we really, really appreciate it. Thank you, Joe, for asking that question. And maybe you have a question that you want to ask or you've got a constructive comment that you want to make. You can send me a voicemail via SpeakPipe. SpeakPipe.com slash Tanya Tate. You can post a comment on my social media accounts using the hashtag AskTanyaTate. Tweet me at Tanya Tate, post on my latest Instagram post at TanyaTateXO, or leave a comment on my YouTube, youtube.com slash TanyaTateTube. Maybe you will get a mention on my next show. Let's listen to my favorite SpeakPipe voicemails of this week. Tanya, my name is Gene. Yes, I'd like to be mentioned in your next podcast. I just want you to know I love you very much. That's all I want to say. I love you very much. And yes, I would like to be mentioned. Thank you, baby. Well, thank you. I have to say, this guy that just left that voicemail on my speak pipe, he tried to send several of them. And I think this was the one that was easier to play for you all. Thank you for the love. Thank you for being there to support me. Send me a message that you really think that I want to hear. There's a fine line between showing your appreciation and crossing over that line so you kind of appear a bit stalkerish, kind of feel a bit, let's just stick with the love. I appreciate that very much.
Thank you for the support, guys. Keep it coming. I love hearing about what you think about the show. And of course, if you do want to get to know me better, you can do that by joining up to one of my premium social media platforms, such as sexpanther.com slash tanyatate or onlyfans.com slash tanyatate. And we can get to chat one-on-one over there. Follow me on Twitter at Tanya Tate, Instagram at Tanya Tate XO, and my YouTube channel, Tanya Tate Tube. You can see all of my links, including my premium social media on my link tree. Just search link tree and my name, Tanya Tate, all one word. This is Tanya Tate. Hope you have a wonderful week. Thanks for listening to MILF's Making Money. Now go out there and build your bank.